0: Listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts: Russ k 5 gux Cheryl W5MOO, and Bill NE4RD. I should go ahead and introduce
1: uh, exactly what we do kind of the content we cover if it's not obvious because i'm sure not all of these people are familiar with our podcast i'm sure that's
2: true and arnie has already asked where cheryl is and we're gonna try and bring her on here in a little bit we do have a two-hour window blocked out i can't imagine anybody's gonna hang with us for that long um but point of fact the problem is right now she can't get online with us because her windows computer is updating oh no (laughs) so so Therein lies the, one of the problems with Windows. But anyway, what do we do here? Well, we do a podcast. And the podcast is about using Linux in your ham shack, but it's also about a whole bunch of other things. We talk about technology, science. We try and do how to's, deep dive discussions on new and existing technology. And basically, all of it is with a mind to using open source, the philosophy, and the software and the hardware wherever applicable. And that is the whole point of the show. What this is going to be, because Bill says he's recording it,
3: <laughs> is
2: episode number four hundred of the show. So you you are all participating in the four hundredth episode of Linux in the handshack. And I have to say, I see chat flying by in the chat room, <laughs> um, and I'm not going to be able to keep up with that. So what I will say is, I think there's a, there's like a and A tab, and yes. there's also like a raised hand thing. So if you have a question. I would use one of those two things to kind of uh, Well the, raise the, the, is, for, yeah, the
1: raise, raise the hand thing is uh is basically we'll bring them on stage with us uh, kind of like you just did for me because I was punted out.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah if you're not uh, set up for audio and video um then just go ahead and use the Q&A and we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and look in there for all of that good stuff. Um. Let me. Uh. And I I think I actually have everything recording now. So this is a, a good sign.
2: Okay. (laughs) So So, yeah. uh, Feel free to feel free to keep uh, chatting in the chat. We'll try and keep up with that as much as possible. But if you have a specific question related to either Linux and the Ham Shack the show or Linux and the Ham Shack, like the host of the show, uh, go ahead and stick that in the Q and A. And um, someone's already asked to for us to put a poll up of all the dist- of what distributions people are running. I'll work on and that, and that will probably take longer than the show is going to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it as generic as possible.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you want to do that, or do yep, you want me I'll to do it that right one? now? Oh, uh, you'll set it up right now. Okay. Yep. And there's also another one. Uh, let's see. This is from Dan, uh, Dave. Sorry, NK7Z. He asks, has anyone been able to get JT Alert running under Wine? And here's what I'll say about running JT Alert under Wine use Grid Tracker. <laughs> um, it's much better than JT Alert. Um, you don't have to run it under Wine. It's cross platform, runs on anything because it's uh, JavaScript by and large. And also, if you really want to run uh, JT Alert, there's, a, there's another project called Alarm JT, or Alarm GT, as we've uh, come to call it. Um that is a linux native version of j. t. alert so go go that route or one of those two routes, but I would highly recommend using grid tracker instead. I think you'll find it much more robust uh let's see oh man q and a's coming hard and fast too
1: <laughs> Oh, <gonna be>, uh, <laughs> well, apparently, I can't put that many answers in here, so we'll just leave this as other okay, so there we go right
2: uh so there's an open source s d r. rig called a n a n or anon oh man. Uh, it's like scrolling off. What are your takes of it as opposed to flex radio technically? I can't answer that because I do not know what ANAN is or ANAN.
1: ANAN is the, uh, other SDR from, uh, uh, India, I believe based on the HPSDR project. Um, I haven't run it, but, uh, I hear it's pretty good.
2: All right. Man, this is just going to be crazy. We need a moderator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Cheryl should do. She should uh, start moderating it. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: Carl, Carl asked, does a Debian repo exist at a solely ham radio utilities? Yes, there does. It's called the ham radio pure blend. Um, we have done several shows on the pure blend. You could probably search our website for pure blend and get links to how to uh, invoke it. But it's basically a meta package, and if you're running a Debian variant like Ubuntu or something like that, it'll be available. All you have to do is an app get install hamradio-star, and that will install all the good stuff.
1: Yeah. So the poll is out. So if you want to join the poll, go ahead and uh, get over to the little poll tab and put in your answer. And, uh, uh you know, I already see somebody has put an arch, so I, I feel sorry for you, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did look really at necessary. a really nice arch distro not too long ago. So I think it was just an episode or two ago. Wasn't that Garuda or something like that it was based on arch. Yep. Um, that looked really nice and, uh, it, it almost, uh, almost tempted me, but I'm waiting for an update cycle, uh, and a kernel replacement just to see if it'll crash itself before I commit to, uh to uh, using that as a system. But uh, yeah, we got 60 votes so far. So it's, it's going along here. We'll go ahead and uh, let it run for a few minutes and we'll see we got some more uh, stuff here.
2: <clears throat> are you including Raspberry Pis as versions of Linux from RK8ALL? And the question, uh, the answer is yes. W- I mean, Raspberry Pis are not a variant of Linux, but variants of Linux that run on Raspberry Pis Pi certainly usable for HamShack computing or anything else for that matter. So absolutely, that's included. Uh, let's see, where else we got? I got one here from, here
1: from Ian uh, and, is that, and I can't, my screen's so small and I'm blind by my old age. <laughs> that's yes, November, Victor, for uh, Charlie, looks like. He asks if, uh, when I will be updating the uh, YouTube series on building a Linux HamShack computer. And uh, I've been promising that for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would like to do it, uh, soon. I am all, actually all prepped to actually do it. <laughs> I, I have set everything up here in the shack to do all the recording. I have made some stabs at actually doing the record. Uh, however, I did, uh, I kept on running into caveats in the middle of doing my install and, uh, uh, it just basically made me stop. And then I, I never got started back up. So <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I'll, uh, I'll get back to those. I know that oh, they are very well uh, watched on YouTube. And again, you know, we're a podcast, we don't really do a lot of YouTube content. Uh, so, uh, you know, getting out the old, uh, the video editor and everything else and, and, and making sure everything's perfect for that platform is, uh, is always a bit more effort. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I really want to do it. I want to go through and do a, a whole series of, um various uh, Linux distros and getting them ham radio ready. And uh, I kind of started that series, but I have not published any of them. I have recorded a Fedora one, an Ubuntu one, and I was I think I was working on a Mint one when I stopped. Um, things have kind of picked up here at work, so I've been very, very busy <laughs> getting stuff done. So uh, I will definitely try to get back to that. Do you see when you're gonna answer next?
2: Um, let's see. Has, uh, oh, someone asked about the wine, and uh, it's neither of those. It's not Pinot or Chardonnay. It's uh, Vidal Blanc. So there you go. Um, what else we got? Has anyone uh, suggested – has anyone had success in selling Power SDR with a Flex 1500 under wine?
1: Mm, not that I've what, heard of. What,
2: <laughs> some, someone else can try and address that. That's not something I've even tried to do.
1: So, Yeah, someone uh, can answer that for – uh, who is that? Steve was asking, K6SFO. Yeah, let's see. Have
2: you heard? Okay, this comes from, holy crap, Mike, VA3TEC. Have you heard of Open WebRx? Yes, we have. Uh, we've talked about Open WebRx um, after the death of.
1: That was the platform for using open web r x that kind of came out of all the lime s d r s and stuff like that. It's just he got tired of maintaining authentication and ensuring that the system wasn't being misused and d d o s and all the other stuff so so he retired uh, actually supporting that, but you can find open web r x uh actually on the website <laughs> it's actually come back alive and he's got some new builds out there um including some raspberry pi builds so you can uh, easily just uh you know throw an image on your raspberry pi and you're up and running all you need to do is plug in your sdr and get that configured and you're uh you're golden so yeah it's it's very good we have reviewed it in the past um it was during the time of sdr hu was still alive and kicking but uh i believe there's uh, some other uh, websites now that have uh, kind of to uh, fill that gap in uh in that uh that marketplace
2: all right let's see there's there's stuff in the in the main chat um we got windows pays my bills well okay i mean same here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have to use it in my day job as well that came from paul k and 6ph uh nice. open source is the way to go from w2wf uh we talk about let's see are arnie SA7CAR says you talk about drambuie. <laughs> yes, we have talked about drambuie.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bill, Bill calls it honey flavored licorice cough syrup and I call it um I call it
1: moonbeams yeah. yeah.
2: and unicorns.
1: Moonbeams and unicorns, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's honey 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 laced sambuca. So there you go. <laughs> but I love sambuca, so it works for me. So if I have a laptop running Windows What Linux install do you recommend to run in a virtual machine like Vbox? Jeez, this is from W2WF. Um, I'm not sure why you'd want to honestly run Linux in a virtual machine on Windows. Um, I mean, you can. If you're going to run VirtualBox or whatever, um, any distribution will work because, like, it's all virtual. Um, If you want the easiest one to get running, obviously, uh, Ubuntu, Mint. Uh, come to mind because they're attached to the Debian uh, uh, Hammer Radio Pure Blend project, so you can you know get a hold of those, or even Debian, obviously, because it's the foundation of uh, the, both those systems. Uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, you know, you can get uh, UI working with uh, WSL two. So if you're uh, <laughs> running in the latest Windows ten, like uh, Cheryl's trying to get going, uh, you can run Windows <laughs> Subsystem for Linux two, and then. Uh, do some fancy stuff and get your UI to work and then you can kind of run it uh, sort of, uh, I wouldn't say natively, but uh, less, uh, less stuff in the middle between the bits. Let's
2: see, n5rko asks, has anyone tried running X Windows app under Wine? Um, I have not tried to do that. I run it natively on Windows and honestly, because the Wires X software is such crap in general, I don't know that I'd want to even try and run it under Wine. Um, the only reason I run Wires X anyway is because I want to have access to the my Wires X room because I have a I have a DR1X here, and you know they they wrote it for Windows, and this is one of those cases where I say if you want to run it, just run it under Windows. Don't worry about it, and uh, it's just yeah, don't bother. Just run it under Windows. <laughs> in a VM or whatever, you know, port the USB through, whatever you need to do. Don't, don't just do it native.
1: (laughs) Here's a good question. This is one we uh, probably try to answer the most on the podcast. And this is from, uh, God, I, I really got to, I can't even see the dang screen here. Uh, Koji, Koji, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. jp one h H-U-J or A-I-7-H-U. So he's got both call signs. What are the pros and cons to use Linux in a ham shack? Jeez. There's there's a lot of pros. Obviously, you don't have to wait uh, several hours for Windows update, uh, (laughs) like Cheryl's doing right now. Um, uh, I I guess there's really, you know, there's really no... You know it's hard to say there's a pro that doesn't exist for every operating system being in your ham shack because obviously it 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 allows you a workflow (laughs) that allows you to save logs connect to your radios uh um do digital modes everything uh, in ham radio so what's the difference in pros probably there's no real pro difference except for you're using open source software and um that that normally has a different foundation of meaning for people the cons. Okay, there are some cons. Uh, one thing, you might not be able to run the exact application that you want to run. Um, one that comes to mind for ham radio is like N1MM Plus. <laughs> uh, although there has been a, a success getting it running under uh, various revolutions of uh, of wine or Proton. Um, it's not guaranteed to work, um, but there are so many applications out there uh, for Linux. And what makes it compelling is that if if it doesn't quite work right or you want to improve on it, most of them are open source projects. Most of them have the source available and you can actually edit, modify (laughs) and run your own code on your box. So it allows you to kind of extend uh, the existing application pool. And uh, what do you think, Russ? What are some other good pros and cons?
2: I mean, the the pros are, is generally speaking, it's inexpensive. Generally speaking, it's uh, using the open philosophy, so all the source code's available. There are native applications or at least alternatives for 99% of what you want to run out there, so there's really no reason not to. A lot of the stuff that runs on Linux is cross-platform, so uh, the migration path is easy. Um And as far as cons, every once in a while, you'll come across a wires X that you won't be able to run on Windows (laughs) or run on Linux. And you just kind of have to suck it up and deal with that. Eventually, eventually it'll all go that way, I think, um, where there'll be a Linux variant for whatever, whether it's reverse engineered or actually developed by Yezu or whoever. And, you know, so I don't really see a downside. I mean... If you're if you're into like true performance and stuff like that, you still might have to deal with source code and building and things like that. But almost everything is prepackaged. Installers are easy to navigate. Um, generally speaking, the the distributions are less resource intensive and um, I, I don't really see a lot of cons, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be basically anything that that. You personally run into right would be would be like an only con. Uh, we have another couple of things here. Oops, I'm moving the wrong mouse. There's some good
2: questions coming in here too. Yeah,
1: we have here uh, one from a Fedora user. Are there any good ham radio logbooks RPM package for Fedora users? And that's from Kn4. Is that J A? Jeez, i beats. <laughs> uh, you guys are going to apologize. I really like this screen. is too tiny. Uh, 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 yes, obviously, uh, I run Fedora here, and I was able to install CQR log, which is one of my personal favorites for a logbook, um, although I think uh, K Log is in there, Xlog, uh, and a bunch of other loggers um, are available. If it's not in the main repo line, uh, I'd suggest installing RPM Fusion, and that gets you uh, access to a, a bunch more, at least uh, what I consider you know, acceptable and secure (laughs) RPM packages. Uh, So you can check that out as well. But yeah, CQR log is what I use. And I recommend it. It's a great logging program. It allows uh, WSJTX and uh, FL Digi to run in remote mode. So they just, uh, you know, dump their logs in there. And uh, the only thing I've seen, at least with the latest version is that uh, uh, my, uh, Grid Tracker doesn't like connecting to my uh, WSJTX anymore, but I think that's just me. <laughs> uh, so we also had a question here from uh, K, K, whatever KB something. He has a question. He says, what do you guys do for work? What do you do for work, Russ? Well,
2: I'm a jack of all trades, but uh, systems engineer, systems admin, network engineer, network admin, uh, anything that has to do with networking and server systems, I do it all the all the east west, all the north south. If it's in a data center, um, I pretty much deal with it. So that's what I do.
1: <laughs> woot, woot. <laughs> uh, and I'm a I'm a developer. Uh, unfortunately, .net. <laughs> but hey, .net core. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we do a lot of .net core stuff and, uh, um, view and SQL. And everything that it takes to run the legacy apps and all the new apps and everything else, and then I also do uh, consulting work on the side in the laboratory uh, informatics space. So uh, that's pretty much uh, pretty much it from here. Let's see. Want to go sense? back
2: to a couple of older ones here? Um, let's see. I'm new to Linux. What distro do you recommend for an older netbook to make it useful? This is from Jim V A3KV. And I would say the distribution, generally speaking, doesn't matter. It's the desktop environment and the applications you run on top of it. Almost all Linux kernels will make an older laptop useful. I would say just keep your desktop environment to something like XFCE or LXDE or maybe even uh, MATE just to make it perform better. Um, but I think that's all you really need to do. I think the, the, kernel, the kernel side of it and the, the actual distribution is probably irrelevant, we sort of favor, well, we we used to both favor Debian-based distributions. Bill's kind of fallen into the fedora camp lately, so. <laughs>
1: um,
2: <laughs> well, can't fault you for that too much, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's all good unless you've got another suggestion.
1: No, that sounds good. Um, I'm trying to fix, I threw up a magnifying glass and all of a sudden I blew up everything. <laughs> now, we have a question from Art, uh, KF7GD. Good distribution to start with
2: on a Raspberry Pi for ham data, eventually soda portable. You know, there are new ones coming along, but Raspbian or what is now called RPi OS or Raspberry Pi OS. I mean, you can't go wrong with it. (laughs) Um, Ubuntu now has distributions that run on a Pi, but you want like at least a four gig Pi 4 to run them. Uh Raspbian OS or uh, Raspberry Pi OS will run on much older pies, obviously. And if you're wanting to do Raspberry Pi based soda operation, I just stick with that. I mean, it's, it's golden. And since it's a Debian based distribution, you still have access to all ham radio software. So that'd be my recommendation.
1: <laughs> all right, cool. Um, try and mark these off. <laughs> yeah. How do you mark them off?
2: Uh, there's a little thing in the down in the lower right. that says Mark has answered. Oh, you may not be able to see that. Yeah, I, I can. Know. I
1: don't think I can do that. Um, uh, so Sierra yeah.
2: kn four LIA says any good ham radio logbooks. You already, already, already answered that. that one, right? Yep. Okay, sources update. Uh, yep, with that one. Now this is like work. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> At least
2: so you, you can, can read create it. a footprint. <laughs> Let's see, Robert has a comment, W5ITR, it says you can create a purpose-built small footprint OS that can be run with low resources. You can, most people don't want to go to that extreme. Uh, Let's see, W2WF says he guessed that I was a sysadmin, good guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Micah AJ7BD says, are you aware of any commercial devices that are actually Linux on the inside? If it's a set-top box or an embedded device, probably everything.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> even even your Flex Radio is Linux on the inside. And can they be repurposed to install general
2: software like WSJTX?
1: Yeah, sometimes.
2: I mean, that just depends on the device. But, you know, Arnie SA7CAR says, what is wrong with me? I'm not sure we have any an insight into that.
1: Yeah, get yourself fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Run yeah, the next. I'll do the cheese grater one here. Let's All right. See. Bill Cody. He asks, uh, he's got a, a cheese grater Mac uh, running Windows 10. Any advice experience on getting Linux on there on a 64-bit Intel Mac? Uh, yeah, it works great. I have a Mac Mini sitting right behind this uh, this computer right here, and it is running uh, Fedora 33 like a champ. It's a mid-2011, and I believe, Russ, you have yours running Linux now too, and it's even older. Yep,
2: yeah, mine is a mid-2009. It's running Linux. Um, there's a, a website or a wiki or something Oh, you can just Google for running, running Linux on a Mac, and it tells you all about the different um, Mac firmwares and what you have to do to get uh, Linux running on them. You can even get Linux running on an old Mac, like a PowerPC Mac. There are distributions specifically for that, but if you're talking about Intel Macs, it's, uh, it's dirt simple.
1: <laughs> yeah, just just install the, uh, put the flash drive in, hit, hold down your option key, and then wait for it to be in the bootloader. <laughs> then go clicky-clicky install.
2: Yeah, let's see.
1: What distros Ooh. still have a 32-bit version? There are still a few out there, but most of your main lines have uh, kind of relegated those off. Um, so you need to start looking at some of the, uh, the um, you know, not so popular <laughs> distributions for maintaining that, like you know, damn small Linux and a bunch of a bunch of other ones that are uh, still catering to netbooks and stuff like that that uh, cannot run sixty four bit stuff.
2: It's the N five RKO says I've been loving kubuntu Well, I guess if you're a KDE fan, we won't fault you for that. I've I've never been particularly excited about KDE and Plasma and, and all that junk, but. I know lots of people who love
1: it. So, yeah, we got some people in the chat room just talking about uh, the KM4ACK uh, build a Pi, which of course we had him on the uh, show uh, not too many episodes ago either. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty recent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, deep dive episode into that build a Pi project. So uh, check that out in our back catalog. Um, definitely a solid build for uh, getting your uh, Raspberry Pi set up with. Uh, that kind of uh, software. And let's see, uh, we go to the poll real quick. We got 123 votes in, so that's about uh, 50% of the people. I'll keep the poll open for the rest of the show, so you can keep on throwing votes in there, but uh, let's see if I can read this. This is, uh, okay, we have 53% of the people are Ubuntu distro users, so that's our number one. The number two is other. (laughs) <laughs> so we might have to that's probably Raspberry Pi, <laughs> all the Raspberry Pi, Raspbian and stuff like that. Uh, we have Mint users at 16 percent. Uh, Fedora users at four. Yes, um, <laughs> we have one and two Arch users. So they're, they're down there by themselves uh, and no Pop OS, really. So uh, no System 76 uh, users or all the System 76 owners have. Uh, supplanted their uh, their pop OS with uh, something other than that so now of course all those well Ubuntu pop OS and mint are all sort of similar <laughs> cause they're all out of the same foundation and now we have lost Russ where did Russ go no I'm here oh, there um, he is.
2: Cheryl's in the audience and I'm trying to figure out how to bring her in it says I can only do that backstage, well, but I don't know how to get backstage when I'm on stage <laughs>
1: Well tell her to raise her hand. Oh yeah, that's right. Raise your hand. It's the hand thing right in the middle of the screen. All right. There she is. Now bring her on. There we go. Look at that. I
3: don't
2: know. Yep, there you are. So so Arnie keeps asking about you. <laughs> so say hi to Arnie.
3: Um can you hear me? Yeah, we can you hear you. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm um. Uh...
1: Oh, my camera's turned off. That's fine. There
2: we go. <laughs> oh, hey, all
3: right. Hi, Arnie. Hey, hey.
2: there we are. All right. Shirley even has a recipe queued up if we, if we need to go there. So we'll see. What well, maybe we'll do a poll and see if anyone wants to hear a recipe. <laughs> all right. Well, it looks like there's more stuff in the Q&A here. Let's see. Bill from W2WF. What programming language do you think best for developing ham radio apps on Linux?
1: Oh, it depends. Depends on what you're uh, doing. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, we just had the OpenRTX guys on, and they're doing embedded hardware and stuff like that, and that's purely ham radio, isn't it? So they're they're using C because they need to get down the low levels. Um, I would say Rust Go is probably another one that's probably pretty good. Um, Obviously, with uh, Flutter kind of uh, taking the main stage with Canonical and uh, Ubuntu, uh, that would probably be something to look at and i believe that runs dart underneath so uh that would be a good language uh good one that most people play with that you see in a lot of projects obviously is python cuz python is uh, pretty consumable by most uh people they can read it and look at it so uh i wouldn't be afraid to uh, develop an app using python but then you have to pick what 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 am i going to use for my you know gui am i going to use you know gtk am i going to use uh cute uh you know uh, what have you so um yeah yeah a lot of people are developing progressive web apps for everything so uh they tend to go with uh, whatever electron will run or uh something like that to make it cross-platform but uh, i think that that stage is starting to widen now too so uh i i wouldn't be surprised to see uh at least some pwa um cross-platform apps and stuff like that, you know, running even.net with uh, Blazor and stuff like that running in the background.
2: I don't have any uh, thoughts on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I only go I only in
2: programming languages that people look down upon, so.
1: <laughs> well, I started programming in Perl and BASIC, so. <laughs> well, I started with,
2: with Perl and BASIC and Fortran and some of the older stuff, too, but not not anymore.
1: Let's see. Uh, let's see. We have
2: another. We have other questions. They they keep coming in, which is excellent. I'm so glad There's you guys are. There's some
3: questions down at the bottom. I don't think you guys talked about yet.
2: Uh, I think we did. I've, I've checked off all the ones that we've done. So.
3: Oh no! I mean, all the way at the bottom.
2: Uh, okay. I'll,
3: I know a couple of them. You did. Uh, but there was one uh, best way to start if you're a beginner. Golham digital modes. Oh,
2: I'm, yeah. I guess we missed that one. Let's let's go back to that one. Who asked that? Does it say? I know, obviously, it says. But.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, Art jury.
1: KF7GD. Yeah, so best way to start if you are a beginner. Goal, ham radio digital modes. Well, you know, uh, any distribution, you can definitely get WSJTX running on uh, Arch, uh, Fedora, Ubuntu. Obviously, if you want it simple, just go straight to to, uh, one of the Debian based ones, uh, Ubuntu or, um, you know, Linux Mint. Uh, it would be good transitional uh, environments. Linux Mint seems to be really popular with uh, with Windows users and that are not real familiar with the uh, nuances of various uh, graphical user interfaces or desktop environments or windowing environments, whatever we decide to call them this week in Linux. Um, uh, Linux Mint seems to be really popular. And then you can just install WSJTX and Grid Tracker and you'll look like a pro on digital modes in like a day. So, yeah.
2: Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to second that because I've been reading all these other questions we missed way back, and I hope the people who asked them are still here so we can answer them. Uh, we have one from Stephen WB2, is it CKC? Jump.
1: Written in Windows only, and ones that are written for Mac OS only are not available in Linux.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know that we can speak to what those are because I'm pretty sure that most of the ones I've run um, that are Linux native will generally also run on. Windows or something else, usually because they're using some sort of language or compiler engine or um, build build environment that runs cross-platform, so they're they're generally available anywhere. Because I mean, you can run C apps on Windows, you can run Perl, Python, PHP, JavaScript, blah, blah blah blah. So if it's written on one of those, it's just gonna it's gonna be cross-platform by default. Um, and there was one about talking about logging software in general. That's a huge topic. We've done we've done whole episodes on logging. <laughs> um, I don't know what we want to say about logging. It's a huge topic. It's it's really kind of too broad for for this. Um, there are lots of loggers out there. Bill loves CQR log, which we've already mentioned. Uh, contest log.
1: It's the only logger, right? Yeah. Okay. It's the only one that's it's the only logger, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there are other
2: loggers, but yeah, it's, it's a huge topic. I would suggest going to LHS podcast on info and search for logging. And you're probably going to get more information yeah. than you ever wanted because it's a big topic and everybody wants to know how to do logging. And there's a million ways and a million apps. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had a non-Linux question here from uh, um, Ivan. Okay, WC2S. It looks like he says, uh, "Is a non-Linux question allowed?" Of course. I mean, we are. We will definitely take your questions. If so, Bill, how are you connecting your Heil mic to your computer? <gasps> that's this stupid thing right here. I'm actually using a uh, an Evo Four. That's right here. So you can see me talking into my my thing here. So yeah, this is what I use all the time. Um, it works. It's not the best, I can say that, but uh, it's probably been the most reliable so far. <laughs> I've been looking at a new device for uh, for uh, doing that, uh, but I haven't, uh, haven't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm using. I'm using an Audent uh, Evo 4 right now for uh, connecting up the microphone.
2: Okay, there was one here from, let's see. Uh, CW Black, WR5J. He asks, "How do you get past the need to know Linux before you can possibly make Linux work?" Problem. Well, I would say that's a problem from 15 years ago. That that problem is not really a problem anymore. You don't you don't need to know Linux to make Linux work. Um, Cheryl can tell you. I, no, I, I'm the so, prime example yeah. of that. She she started to tell you the story. As I was telling you, she can tell you the story. So,
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I just said I was a prime example of that. Fifteen years ago, I was away from home for a couple of months. I had fought Russ tooth and nail to not put Linux on my computer. And he said one day, you know, I was going to come home and it was going to be on the computer. And I came home one day, it was on the computer. I called him at work. I said, I don't know what to do. He said, sink or swim, you'll figure it out. And by the time he got home from work, I was fine. So he doesn't <laughs> let me do some things because I tend to tear stuff up. But that's that's like tinkering with names that I shouldn't with.
2: One, so. one of the things we've talked about <laughs> on the show a fair bit is that as Linux develops over time, its consistency with or its synergy with the look and feel of Windows environments, particularly on the desktop, gets closer and closer. So it's very easy to switch from one to the other. There's very little that if you saw a Linux desktop, you wouldn't recognize coming from the Windows world. And as far as things like compiling applications, which used to be a a big deterrent to people switching over to Linux or like having to do kernel builds to get uh, like your mouse to work and stuff like that, all of those issues are, are no longer a thing. So... Uh, generally speaking, yeah. in fact, it's it's easier to get into Linux than Windows now, and not only that, but faster because generally speaking, a Windows install will take you an hour, and a Linux install will take you ten minutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd say it's just generally easier o- overall. And I don't yeah.
1: think yeah. Plus, you can. You can, plus, you can run a uh, live USB stick and actually test your entire system out before you even get started. So you can kind of do it in like a a read only mode uh, before you even click that install button and make the commit. Um, you know, and you can go as far as actually trying to install software and stuff like that in that uh, that live session if you have enough uh, spare memory there <laughs> during it. But uh, yeah, things like Linux Mint makes it super easy. You, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to really learn a new, you know, oh, where's this, where's the menus hiding and stuff like that. Uh, you know, that's why they have these uh, these operating or distributions that, uh, that kind of make it a little simpler and lower the barrier to entry for actually using it as a desktop computer. Um, so you don't have to get into the command line too much. I mean, most of the stuff that we do when we do, uh, you know, showing how we get a build working and stuff like that, we always drop into the command line because we're very familiar with it. And um, when we try to do that, we also try to document exactly what you have to type in those lines so you don't have to really think too much about uh, everything about what's going on. So uh, for for a you know, beginner, you don't have to worry too much about understanding the, the architecture. I mean, as a Windows user, if you're a Windows user, you probably don't understand a lot about that architecture either. It's has uh, changed so much over the years. <laughs> years, it is not, not quite the uh, NT kernel that it used to be uh, back in the NT 351 days and the uh, Windows for work groups days. Um, it's come a long way. And you know, gosh, it, uh, it makes a handy dandy Linux distribution itself uh, when you uh, put the WSL two on there. So uh, it can uh, do quite a few things that it couldn't used to do. And of course, macOS has has done a lot of changes <laughs> over the years as well, <laughs> and now with the <clears throat> the M1, oh my lord, you know they're learning how to torch uh, SSDs <laughs> now. But uh, <laughs> they're uh, they're gonna they're gonna give Intel and uh, Samsung some more money, I think, for uh, making some uh, robust uh, SSDs that can withstand their uh, thrashing and hashing.
2: I found that out after I went ahead and bought one, of course. Um, <laughs> let's see, we got n5rkos, asks, what is a good CW trainer app? Uh, QRQ. Yeah, QRQ is the one that comes immediately to mind for me. And there's, again, there are a ton of uh, CW trainer apps. So all of them are fine. There's a bunch of Linux native ones. Uh, I don't think you can really go wrong. I mean, if you want to learn C- CW, there's, a, again, a thousand ways to do it. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas K. C. One. Holy crap! ac, <laughs> AC- One. Do eight, you guys want eight, eight, me to oh.
1: handle the Q and A stuff yeah. and
3: read them to you? We need
1: our <laughs> uh, we need our magnifying glasses yeah. that we read the newspaper with every day, right?
2: <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> I can see it actually. So
2: <laughs> best distro uh, for dual booting with Windows Ten. All of them they'll they'll dual boot with windows 10 just fine can't find one that won't
1: yeah yeah you still want to be slightly careful with that though so i mean you want to be
2: careful about your your os partitions for sure with any kind of dual boot installation but uh, specifically as distributions are concerned they all work
1: (laughs) yeah i would i would pick a really good reason to have a a pure dual boot machine to always dual boot because generally there are other weird things that occur and most people experience the uh the clock issue where your time changes when you go back into windows because uh linux likes uh doing something odd with your system clock <laughs> it actually likes putting it back in utc and then when your co- windows comes back up it says what the heck is this yeah i thought i had local time stuffed in here so now you're uh you know whatever your offset is off <laughs> so you have to run your uh Update Windows time deal to get get it back in sync. Say hey, yeah, yeah, fix the time. It's not uh, eight hours ago. Bill, here's one
2: for you. Bill W A five D S S. Bill says, how do you heat your garage?
1: Um, I don't. I just freeze out here. That's really <laughs> uh, now. I have a I have a little uh, a parabolic dish heater that I put right on me, so I'm roasting myself while I'm in the garage when it's cold. Um. But uh, if it gets too cold, generally I record upstairs, uh, and I'll record on another mic or something like that. So, yeah, if you hear a podcast where I don't sound the same, it's because I'm recording on another computer where it's warmer. (laughs) But I try to do everything out here because that's just too much crap to kind of bring around, and the garage is full of stuff, so it gets rid of all the echoes and stuff like that. So um, you can always tell everywhere else there's echoes everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I just bounce all over the place.
2: Uh, Marion KB1YLK says, or asks, someone mentioned framework for developing, It scrolled off, hang on, <laughs> scrolled yeah. off, uh, someone mentioned framework for developing coding, I assume, is there a good framework that works with already written ham radio applications, and that would be dependent on the language the application was written in, I would assume, because
1: uh, yeah. they're all
2: over the place as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, generally, uh, some of them use actual toolkits, like uh, all your FL products, FL Digi, FL Rig, use the Fast Light toolkit as their, well, their, their, at least their UI environment and stuff like that. Um, obviously, all the code's uh, open-sourced under the hood, so you can go take a look at that. Um, framework-wise, uh, there's not too many that are specifically tied into something. Normally, the language uh, sort of dictates. I think the only oddball that sticks out in my mind is... Uh, is CQR log, because it's written in Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, the modern version of Pascal. But <laughs> So you have to download uh, all of the, the IDE and stuff like that if you want to do development against uh, CQR log. Um, but yeah, not, not too much uh, framework-dependent stuff there. Um, it'd be interesting to see if uh, people start doing that. Uh, there's a
2: quick question I'm going to answer here from w- uh, W5RKO uh, before we get to the one that's not so easy, or N5RKO, sorry. Uh, what antenna modeler app for Linux do you suggest? The only one that I'm really aware of is uh, XNEC2C. That's, mm-hmm. that's sort of the, yeah. the go-to for Linux-native uh, graphical antenna modelers, and I said that kind of fast. It's X-Ray November Echo Charlie to Charlie, XNEC2C. So definitely look at that. Uh W2WF again says, what are your thoughts on Sigwin? As why does it keep scrolling off? Uh is it it's a Linux environment, yes, uh, that runs on your Windows. I find it confusing, but would appreciate your feedback regarding alternatives such as stop scrolling off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> such as uh, such as running Ubuntu under a virtual yeah. box. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want SIGWIN anymore, you don't want CO-Linux, you want to install the Windows subsystem for Linux and then you can install your distribution of choice uh, into your Windows environment. Uh, So if you don't have the latest uh, version of Windows 10, which it would be 20H2, um, which gives you WSL2, uh, I would get that, go ahead and run your updater until you can get that feature set, and then get the WSL2, Windows subsystem for Linux 2, uh, put into your system. And that will enable you to go to the Microsoft Store and install Ubuntu, Fedora, Manjaro, and a bunch of other distributions that will run way better than uh, uh, having it virtualized in any way or running Sigwin. And uh, yeah, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't think Sigwin's really a a good thing anymore with with the advent of WSL. Since since we've had Windows Subsystem for Linux inside of Windows, there's really <laughs> there's not a better alternative, <laughs> that's for sure. And while you're doing that, go ahead and install Windows Terminal if you haven't already installed it. Um, you'll you'll thank me later for that. And for those-
3: Russ, what? up at the top of your window where the question and answer uh-huh. is, there's a view. You could click that to unanswered and you get rid of things scrolling off so quickly.
2: Oh, that, that helps. But also I noticed that if I click on a question, it doesn't scroll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you highlight I that? can
3: read the questions and you guys can answer them. Okay.
1: Um,
2: um, since
3: apparently I can see call signs.
1: Uh, this, <laughs> yeah, that would probably be better.
2: <laughs> this one I've kind of wanted to answer because I think it's been out there a little bit. Uh, this is from Tom and 8 zm I have tinkered with Linux a bit, but find the bizarre app names to be unintuitive and hard to figure out. Okay, wind brain effect, but why the goofy names? Mm. So usually it's because they are concatenated forms of some word that represents the application, or it's like the initials of the person who wrote it. (laughs) So, so yeah, you'll, you'll come up with some really weird stuff. And uh, we've also noticed in the ham radio world that applications get named for the last three letters of a call sign of the developer. (laughs) So there's a lot of YFK stuff and DJ stuff and (laughs) stuff like that. Um, usually, there is an actual reason for a, a a program that has a strange name, but honestly, they're all created by the developers, so it's it's literally at their whim. <laughs> and, and also, in a lot of cases, they can't call it something well-known because that well-known thing is already an application, like, for Windows, and they can't call it the same thing, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I concur.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's see. i uh, Sierra K4N K4N I've gotten some antenna modeling software to work under Wine, and uh, yeah, we we talked about that. mnana Hal and Easy NEC again. XNEC2C is Linux native. Just go for that. Uh, let's see. We answered that one. Quaggy modeller. <laughs> Tony, stay out of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, Moo. What's cooking today?
3: Well, today we had uh, chicken katsu for dinner with some rice and some edamame. So.
2: Cool. I'm gonna have to pour another glass of wine well, you sooner. It. maybe I'll maybe I'll pull out some whiskey. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, Cheryl should do a recipe right now while we uh, go refill our cups. Yeah, that's true. It's
3: I see. Like that. <laughs>
1: that's
2: fine. I'll, I'll bring <laughs> Cheryl some wine, too, while she's talking about her recipe. There is one more question in the Q&A, though, okay. we should get to before we do that. Uh, this is from Jim, W2JC. Why are there so many different distributions, and what's the difference among them? Again, a huge topic. Bill?
1: <laughs> it's, it, the reason why there's so many is because there can be so many. <laughs> Linux, remember, is just a kernel it uh not is uh, not all the packaging and wrapping and everything else the bows and the whistles and and all the other good stuff so a lot of these distributions have kind of gained uh their own popularity for uh for doing very certain things like being uh, a media centric distro like uh you know ubuntu studio uh, or, you know, or K, what? AV Linux or something like that. There's a bunch of other ones out there that are very specific to very specific things. Uh, you know, even ones that have kind of, they're based on a distribution of products already, like packaging and everything else uh like andy's linux is is kind of popular as well you know it's almost a distribution of its own uh, because uh it's not very specific to canonical or uh mint or w- what have you even though it is based on a, a debian platform <laughs> uh, a lot of them are all derivative works of other work so you have your base uh distributions like debian which is the the source of where Ubuntu comes from, where Linux Mint comes from, where Pop-OS comes from. Um, then you have everything like the windowing environments or the desktop environments are, you know, pretty much plug and play on top of any system. So now like you, you can get any system in a different flavor. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, the, the reason why there's so many choices is because there can be so many choices. It's not like it's just Windows or just Mac. You know this. This is this is way bigger than that, and uh, the open source nature of things is to create and extend, uh, and 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 to pass on and redistribute and package and yeah, just keep the life cycle going. And so it's it's very it's kind of cool that there is so many options out there.
2: I don't I don't really have much to add to that. And there's a question in the the regular chat that I wanted to kind of a- uh, answer real quick. Uh, it's from Arthur K eight X G. He said, "Do CW Ops teach?" Do a mental translate. You'll never get fast enough to do it properly, and and actually, to do it, to really do it properly, you can't do it. You can't do the sound of individual letters. You have to eventually start hearing the sound of, indiv- of words. So that that's the only way to do it effectively. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break here to refill, <laughs> and while Cheryl carries us through with uh, a recipe. <laughs> Sure. All right. Well, there's going to be like two <laughs> blank windows here for a minute while we move around, and uh, then we'll be right back. And so- we
3: can kill your your you know cameras if you want. So.
2: Well, that's true. I can turn it off. There we go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we get to look at Bill's garage. It's piled full of stuff. And we get to look at my kitchen in the background. Um, so as I said earlier, tonight I fixed chicken katsu for dinner. And that was the recipe that I picked to share with everybody tonight. So the recipe for the chicken katsu is, let me scroll down to get to it. Um, You need some boneless chicken breast halves and you need to pound those to about a half inch thick. You need salt and pepper. You need some all-purpose flour, an egg beaten with a little bit of water, uh, a cup of panko breadcrumbs, and some oil to fry your uh, chicken in. And you'll want to make a dipping sauce for it, a tonkatsu sauce, which is a little bit of ketchup, some dried mustard powder, some garlic powder, some ground black pepper, some Worcestershire sauce, and some oyster sauce. Um, And you just, you bread your chicken, you know, dip it in the flour, then the egg, then the the panko and deep fry it. Um, And once it's golden brown, pull it out and serve it with a sauce, and as I said, I also uh, uh, use... I can, get, I can be in your feet. Hi. <laughs> Great.
1: Yeah, I can't do that at all from... Uh, where
3: at. <laughs> no, because you're on the other side of the United States. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, uh, the edamame was from Walmart, steamed in a bag in the microwave. So, and my drink recipe for tonight, since I'm buying time to rust, get back, uh, I decided to go with an Asian themed drink. So I picked a cocktail that was very simple and very delicious. Um, the kamikaze cocktail, there's, there's a little bit of backstory about it. They think that it was probably invented in Tokyo after World War II during the American occupation of Japan. Kamikaze means divine wind in Japanese, and the drink is made with equal parts vodka, triple sec, which is orange liqueur, and freshly squeezed lime or lemon juice. Um, it's off, often served as an aperitif, um, straight up in the cocktail glass with lime or lemon twist. Um, and if you want to pair it with something, pasta or chicken, goes really well with it. So so there you go. You've got uh, a cocktail and some chicken katsu. And you can we also like pork cats as well. And it's the same concept, you know, pound mm-hmm. your, your pork, thin, boneless pork chops or something pound it thin. And it makes a great, uh, great thing. So, so now Bill gets to talk.
1: Oh, you want me to talk? Well, I'll just sit. Well, questions. I can, I
3: can read you stuff that people have been posting.
1: Sure. So, sure. Why don't you read? Me um,
3: okay. It says what happened? Uh, Steve Lawrence, AA8 AF says, what happened to system V and BSD?
1: Um, it went away. No, just kidding. Uh, BSD. <laughs> it's still alive and kicking. Oh my goodness. Uh, I actually reviewed a BSD distro, uh, not very long ago. Well, probably was long ago, but maybe a few months ago. Um, and it got ham radio ready pretty quickly. So I was kind of impressed. So if you're still a, a BSD, uh, lover, um, uh, that's definitely an option, please. Uh, you can always hit our website, uh, lhspodcast.info and hit the search box. And if you just put BSD in there, you'll probably find some hits on some shows and you'll uh definitely find some information for us so <laughs> that we've talked about. So feel free to uh uh to do that. As for system v, um geez, Russ, you got a comment on system v?
2: System V is still around and in fact we just did a review of uh Linux distribution, speaking of specifics, that was designed specifically to run system v and to get rid of system D. <laughs> I don't remember which one that was, but uh, <laughs> it's still there. And in a, in a lot of ways, SystemD is still tied to SysV, but it's just not quite as robust. I mean, everybody sort of got used to the init script kind of thing. But once you get used to SystemD, it's it's not all bad. It took me a while. I was a hater, but I've come around. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It, yeah, it took me a while to to make the switch over. It's like how the heck do I see what's running and <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, get used to going in the and get d. <laughs>
2: but if you really really like sysv, there there's even a distribution to, to keep you in the sysv world. So, uh check our website. You'll find it there. What distributions are hammer related from Arnie SA7CAR? Well, LHS Ubuntu. That's one.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh
2: there's also We do have our own there's what, uh, Digipup, if you want to go way out of the way. There's um, there's Andy's Ham Radio Linux. There's Shackbox. There's that other one that's for satellite and digital.
1: Dragon? Is that Dragon? Dragon and Star, Star something. Dragon SDR or Dragon something like that. Uh, yeah. We've reviewed that one, too. So uh, you can find that somewhere in our show notes or on the uh, website. Um. But like with the ease of being able to put like you know ham radio apps on any Linux distribution I don't think I don't think it really matters so much anymore it's really a preference thing I mean especially once you get into using Linux quite uh, quite often you're gonna eventually find that you like a very certain look and feel and you've got you know a certain workflow you like whether you like uh, gnome or KDE or uh, cinnamon or mate or you know all the various windowing environments that you can install. You'll eventually settle in on one that you like, and that'll be your one that you use. And then everything else will revolve around that.
2: Uh, is there a distro that permits playing Star Trek Fleet Command from Michel Abouin?
1: <laughs> is that a Steam game? Uh, I don't know. If it's a Steam game, it- there's a more than likely it'll run uh, via Proton. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, i would I would look there's a there's actually a proton list of supported games and the ones that sort of worked and the ones that work really well uh, there's an index for that. you can go ahead and uh search that up uh, It's called proton it's the, the emulator that uh, runs via Steam when you're running Steam and Linux
2: Let's see every time I switch back it switches back to all so
1: <laughs> oh yeah if you go back and forth between the yeah.
2: Tabs, yeah. So Ian the 4 c says, "What is the drink of choice tonight?" <laughs> well,
3: well, I talked about the kamikaze that I had as my recipes. So. Right,
2: and you're Talk you're to. drinking. Well, you were drinking Vidal Blanc, and now you're drinking a Moscato. Moscato. And uh, I pulled I pulled my uh, rarest Scotch off the shelf. It's one I will not review because you can't buy it. Um, but at least since we have video tonight, I can show it here. <laughs> And it, <laughs> it is this Gordon and McPhail select 21 year old Campbelltown from Glen Scotia. So, wow. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a pretty rare Scotch. So I figured I would have some of that tonight.
1: <laughs> and, uh, I'm doing something quite young. It's, uh, it's a uh, dry fly. There it is. Dry fly. It's a, uh, it's a wheat whiskey out of, uh, Washington. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a 120 proof, aged three years, and uh, as you can see, I'm already uh, into the bottle. I just opened it today. No, just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, it makes a it makes a great little sipper. Even being young, uh, I think it being a a wheat weed, weeded whiskey, it uh, has less of a bite, uh, so you don't kind of. You don't kind of get both uh, both things hitting you at once, the, the youngness and the booziness.
2: <laughs> uh, let's see, I got a nice scotch from KB1 WMH. Thank you very much. <laughs> let's see, now I got to fl- flip back because there is one unanswered question and this is for Bill from w 2 uh, I have Windows 10 Pro to, inst- uh, do I have to have a t- Pro to install WSL2? I have Windows Home.
1: I don't think so, I think you can install it on home. The only one you can't install it on is probably like s maybe, but I don't know i i don't I don't know I don't even do I have a home is this what let me look at this other machine here. I don't think this one has pro system is this no, this is home and did I install Linux on here? Uh, you know what, I didn't do it on this one. But I'm pretty certain I can. Um, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I'm pretty certain you can do it on home. There should be no reason. I mean, the only thing that pro ads is, uh, is like uh, network uh, authentication and stuff like that for you know, doing, uh, you know, active directory server and, and stuff like that stuff that isn't terribly important to uh, a, a general user and stuff like that. But I'll I'll take a look and see if that, that does work
3: you're incorrect on the call sign what's that if you're incorrect on the call sign it's w2wF not wT
2: oh my apologies <laughs> uh, i believe we've gotten actually we've actually caught up i think on all of the uh and all of the q a that's that's amazing <laughs> but feel free to ask more and uh, if we have forgotten one i do apologize please ask it again uh, but there were a lot of questions floated there at the very beginning i Think we got through because I saw the facility for us to actually check off the ones we answered. So I think we managed to get through them. And there's been some good chat in the regular chat too. It's just really hard on this platform to to juggle back and forth. We we literally needed a moderator. <laughs> Say, hey, here's your answer. I
3: offered.
2: Well, we couldn't even get you on at the beginning, so
3: <laughs> Oh no, I was on when you guys I I have been I, about two minutes after you started, I was. You
2: were in? in. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I did, I Uh, I got your text, but I didn't respond to it. Obviously, that's why I took 10 or 15 minutes to get you actually on board. But you're here now, so.
1: So, yeah, so uh, the WSL will install in Windows Home. So Windows 10 Home. So uh, no problems. You should be able to put that on there. And then as soon as you have that, you reboot. And then you can uh, install your favorite distro. Uh,
2: Daniel K six DLC says the bottle reminds me of Defcon drinks. I, I'm assuming he's talking about your bottle, not mine. So, <laughs> mine just looks like a bottle of Scott's. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting shaped bottle.
2: I have a couple of bottles shaped like that. My my bottle of uh, let's see, my bottle of um, Wiggly Bridge actually looks well, just like that.
3: I think yeah, think brown like, sugar bar is like that too.
1: And like uh, Charles Ballard says, yeah, the WSL is available for the 64 bit versions of Windows 10 only. So, yeah, so as long as you're 64 bit. I think that's the same shape as yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah same shape. <laughs> so, let's see. Misha, what's Misha asking here? What is your favorite podcast and what is your favorite ham radio podcast? Well, <laughs> I know what the answer to that is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's the only podcast you listen to?
2: <laughs> well, your your tagline is right on the header of our podcast. It's a he said way back when, before he was a host of the show, it's the only amateur radio podcast that doesn't put me to sleep. So,
1: yeah. And that's still pretty much true. I do, <laughs> uh, I do think that ours is the better one, but that's that's just a personal opinion. Um, and you know, like, uh, I think Dan, the kv six and you said we were slightly better than static. So that's gotta, gotta be good for something. That, that was my
2: paraphrase so. of what he said, but, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, other podcasts, I mean, yeah, I listen to a, a bunch of podcasts Uh, we were just talking about that earlier today. I listen to like 30 plus hours of podcasts a week. So, um, is there really a favorite in there? I don't know. I listen to a lot so probably stuff you never heard of.
2: I'm ashamed to admit that I don't listen to podcasts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you used
2: to. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, but I also used to have a lot of windshield time in which
3: Yeah, you have like 8 hours a week. Yeah. So.
2: so I I don't I don't listen. I try to I try let's see. What what do I listen to when I listen to? I listen to uh Workbench, I listen to 100 Watts and a Wire. Um I, I can't not listen to Richard's radio adventures I just you know <laughs> just have to um, I don't know if I have a favorite I don't watch any of the twitch streams I don't watch I mean or listen to I just I don't, don't do podcasts I mean I, I rarely even listen to this one <laughs>
1: it tells (laughs) now hey did you fix that edit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got a couple more questions here in the chat let's see we got uh, the Shigu this is from Mika AJ6BD now the Shigu 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 whatever GSOC is a Linux device for which I've recently jailbroken to get us sh- to a shell, any recommendations for learning more embedded Linux? Um, yeah, it wouldn't be us. <laughs> we don't get that deep into into device development, but like uh, uh, the Open RTX guys obviously are breaking into uh, uh, you know, the the uh, TYT radios and the uh, uh, what are the other radios? They were doing the MD. Is that the same thing as uh, TYT as well? Um, yeah,
2: the MD ninety six hundred, MD UV three eighty. 380,
1: 390. Not quite the same kind of radio that uh, Mika's talking about here. Uh, I believe that's like an HF uh, sort of uh, web SDR, not probably web SDR, just SDR. It looks like an HF SDR device as far as I can tell by uh, the Google bots and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, I I, I don't know. I would just start uh, hitting Stack Overflow and all the usual places for doing embedded work. but uh, we generally talk about applications and users, so that's that's not really what we do.
2: Uh, there's a question that got put in the regular chat, so I'll just uh, if, you know do that one now from Anthony, who says, uh, "I have an craft K3 and RTL twenty eight thirty two U. What is the best software for a pan adapter?" I I can't answer that question. I I do not know. I don't I don't deal with pan adapters. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, basically it's a spectrum analyzer. So, I mean, there's plenty of pieces of software that take a look at spectrum, uh, for, for Linux. Um, uh, you can obviously look at any of the, uh, GNU radio, um, blocks and stuff like that. You can probably build your own out of, uh, those components. Um, but yeah, it's not, uh, yeah, normally if you're doing some kind of pan adapter, you're looking to do more of an embedded display and a purpose-built UI and stuff like that. So, uh, I think you got uh probably a little bit more than finding a piece of software that's gonna do that for you. me um, should have
2: mentioned a few podcasts that he listens to or she uh one of them is uh ham radio Crash Course, which we should definitely mention. that's a good one, so if you don't listen to ham radio Crash Course, you probably should especially if you're in this chat <laughs>
1: um <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of good ham radio podcasts besides us. I mean, we we're just here, obviously, but like the ICQ podcast is really good. Uh, amateur radio news line. If you just want amateur radio news and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's 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 tons of guys out there.
2: Steve Sainter, one of our patrons, says, I haven't used WSL before. Can you use the GUI of your Linux distro?
3: He, 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 he. <laughs>
1: yes there is a way to do it <laughs> 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 it's uh it's 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 a little weird but it does work um and you can find it uh, you know on probably very recent articles on WSL2 so if you're doing some WSL2 research check that out uh you'll find uh where you can use remote desktop to remote desktop back to yourself <laughs> <laughs> and it's only going to improve from here i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't think that microsoft's too far off on providing um uh ui hooks for actually running uh, the x windows or wayland stuff so uh, I, I would say we're not far from that, but you can for sure do uh, graphic stuff uh, using uh, a sort of a remote desktop to yourself.
2: Uh, a couple other podcast mentions, ICQ podcast. We we talked with those guys uh, the last ham mentioned we were actually able to attend. That was fun. And uh, Newsline, Neil Neil Rap. that's a wrap.
1: Yeah, we've been on uh, Neil's show too, uh, Ham Talk Live.
2: He's been on ours, yep, gotta, gotta spread the love
1: yep. Arnie
2: SA7CAR asks The only problem with Linux in the ham shack is Assuming fill in the blank <laughs> <laughs> um, The hosts I would say
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The slackers that run the darn thing right?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> The really bad first time cold reads Yeah, that that's probably the worst part Sometimes uh, Once in a while we get it right <laughs>
3: Look <laughs> how badly Bill is, has messed with it
1: <laughs> Yeah, cutting and paste and then uh, copy editing. We're not the best at that. We're looking for a <laughs> We're looking for a copy editor for our show notes, so uh, <laughs> So we don't have to do them.
2: <laughs> uh, WTWTS asked, "Have you guys heard of a signal?" Averaging real time for ham radio. I mean, that should average, but random noise in our receive signal. Just a thought for a possible dev project. I think that one goes out to all the developers out there. We're just users, not devs. (laughs) Unless you have thoughts on it.
3: Yeah,
1: I would would definitely look into uh, the GNU radio project for any of that fancy signal processing stuff
2: daniel k6 dlc says you guys are having fun keep up the great work well we intend to
1: <laughs> Woo! yeah when it stops being fun we'll stop the podcast
2: exactly <laughs> <laughs> let's see arnie says the only problem with linux and the ham shack is the southern drawl well there's no southern draws here anymore There <laughs> haven't been for quite a while
1: so <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah not uh not here I was, I, 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 am from Florida, but uh, we're south of the south line. Like uh, the south stops at Ocala, Florida. Uh, <laughs> so if as long as you're from Florida and you're from so- south of Ocala, you're not from the south anymore. You're just from Florida. Yeah, you're just from Florida. Like all the crazy people in Florida you generally read about. They're from that line just north of Ocala there, you know, Ocala North. If you look, most of the weird crap happens, all these, all these like, you know, mid uh, to northern Florida uh, counties. <laughs> uh, that, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. You know. But but I have been in Montana for uh, almost 11 years now. So uh, I don't know if I can count as a Floridian for much longer.
2: Yeah just like I'm not a New Englander anymore. So <clears throat> still got called a Yankee from time to time.
3: Last last weekend, we actually went to dinner with some friends who are from the Boston area, and about two seconds into the conversation, Russ was back in Boston, and I was giving him crap about it on the way home because <laughs> we had to do that whole um, is it khaki pants or is it khaki khakis? <laughs> So, <laughs>
2: I was I was never that bad. Car keys never came out as khakis.
3: Khakis.
1: They do with your dad
3: and your brother. They, they so. do.
2: Yeah.
1: How do you say garage then?
2: Uh, I, I think I've always said garage, like everybody says it. Garage.
1: Was <laughs> it the cap? What?
2: The cap? What? <laughs> yeah. No. <Nah. laughs> <laughs> No, it was always it was always garage carport was you know we just never used that term because I well to me a carport
1: is you, you didn't have carport. Yeah, a carport is yeah important. you do have to have a, actually have a carport yeah, yeah. it's an open it's garage yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a portico but not attached to the house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's see, Arn says uh, we're great hosts. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. <laughs>
1: Let's see. So, uh, Hi, see, a little... Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we should mention uh, yeah, we have a that uh, thing we to did, do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we were running a thing on the podcast for our 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 subscribers and patreons, um, a little giveaway for them, and we uh, originally because this is episode four hundred that we're recording right now. So this is our 400th show. So for the 400th show, we decided to do—I well, decided—we <laughs> decided to to give out a uh, for one of our papers. but I'll put in for a, for an additional unit so we can uh, award two. So he sponsored one of the units, and I did the drawing yesterday and have contacted everybody, and we'll go ahead and announce those today, which is at the bottom of my list here or something. <laughs> I should have memorized by now. But, uh, yeah, one, uh, one winner was Jim McKenzie, VE5EV, also known as Photo Jim in the Discord. So congratulations, Jim. And uh, that actually has been ordered. I'm just uh, waiting to get the shipping confirmation and whether my credit card will freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Sending something to Canada. <laughs> so, and uh, the other unit's going to uh, Patrick, uh, WM2A. And uh, I probably have Patrick's last name here, too. But uh, if you have his call sign, you can look up his last name. Uh, of course, I'm gonna. I have it here. Where is it? Oh, Patrick uh, Eng. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was something similar, <laughs>
3: something simple.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, those are the two winners. Both of them have uh, been uh, contacted, and uh, uh, we'll work on getting the shipping information out to you too. Thank you for being Patreons and supporters. Uh, for the program, and I believe both of them have been uh, supporters for quite a while. So uh, uh, we thank you very much for your support, and hope you enjoy your new toys as soon as they arrive. And uh, tell us how they are, because I didn't—I don't have one yet. I have a few Raspberry Pies just sitting around here. I even like oh, just within reach. I was looking for one within reach. I have one right here. Look, oh, here's one. Oh, and here's another one with the screen. <laughs> Oh, Christ, here's another one right over here. And what do we have on this one? Oh, this one's in a nice little case, and it has a Linux and the Hamshack sticker, which are, of course, available on our website. This is one of the uncool ones. This is just a, a standard one. We have the shiny ones as well, and uh, I think I have one in my case down here I could get out and show you. But uh, we have some merch on the website that also helps support the podcast. If you're not interested in becoming a Patreon or a subscriber, um, and uh, Russ can probably tell us all about that stuff. What do we got on the shop shop right now?
2: Um, since we're since we're all drunks here, it's mostly glassware, um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> wine glasses, shot glasses. Wine glasses, shot
2: glasses, wine glasses, coffee mugs, things like that. We do have um, shirts and hats, which we do need to do another run of. We don't have any of those right now. We do have the stickers, and there's other stuff too. Um, what we were going to do is we we're going to give away to uh, patrons and subscribers, some free swag, which is going to include a couple of stickers and some other stuff that we have. I figured we'd do three of those. Um, I've got a little wheel that I'm going to bring up here that we can spin for those. And then I was going to do one, a giveaway based on answers in the chat room. So, um, I have a question that I can ask. That's pretty simple. And, um, I'll just, we'll give away some swag to whoever answers it correctly, but let's do the, let's do the wheel spin first thing, because because that'll allow me to do a screen share. <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah, we'll see if this works, right? Yep.
2: <laughs> so here's that. Hopefully it will pop up here any second. There we go.
1: <laughs> hey, there's the wheel. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's there's
2: quite a few. <laughs> Uh, so so all of the people who get spun in this will do three spins and they will get some They'll get a couple of stickers and some other Linux in the ham shack swag So let's go ahead and run this a couple of times. I'm going to click the little shuffle here first, and then I'm going to spin it Pretty cool, huh?
1: <laughs> so cool.
2: Oh Look it looks oh, look at that <laughs> Lucky Patrick. He's one.
1: like a winner, winner, chick or dinner.
2: <laughs> so there's the first one. Let me uh, do number two here. Congratulations, Patrick. you he, he was one of the ones who... Uh, excellent. We'll be in touch, Wayne. And uh, we'll get you some stuff out to you. And finally... Well, that was a long spin there. <laughs> oh, a long time. And the first person to answer it correctly in the general chat will get some swag. We'll We'll get in touch with you. Uh, somehow, and uh, <laughs> just give us a call sign so we know where to to send some stuff, and we'll send you some Linux in the Ham Shack swag for free. So obviously, if you don't want the swag, you don't have to answer the question. But the question is this: In what month and year did Linux in the Ham Shack first publish episode number one? What month? What year? <laughs> first person, we'll get some swag. It'll be good stuff too. <laughs> So we'll watch for that. Let's see. Go back over to the uh, Q&A here. I like the the January
1: 1970. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we've been doing this since before podcasts even existed. Let's see. Nope, no one's got it yet.
2: July 2007. There it is. There it is. Jonathan K1BTZ. First one to answer it. October 2008. So congratulations, K1BTZ you want some swag from us and we'll get it in the mail to you real, real soon. Thanks for participating and to everybody else who participated too, just didn't quite get in fast enough.
1: (laughs) Yep. And we're going by the display on our, yeah, yeah. We have, we have to go by that. The (laughs) the
2: first one I saw was Jonathan K one BTZ. So
1: Yes, all badger. You didn't get it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks everybody. So do we have, let's see, we've got a bunch of guesses over in the Q&A. Any questions over there? What about me? What do I get?
1: (laughs) (laughs) High five. High five. High fives. High (laughs) fives. There you go. Way to go.
2: Uh, So anyway, well, we had a two hour slot here. I didn't know that we would be able to stretch it out that long. (laughs) And I'm kind of feeling like we're not going to. (laughs)
1: we have
2: done close to an hour and a half so that's pretty good so let's uh let's call this like last call for questions whether about the show or the hosts or linux or technology in general we'll try and answer those and then we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up and um if you want uh in the regular chat not the q a please uh tell us if you're drinking something what it is you're drinking i'd be interested because we usually get asked that so i'm i'm asking you all let's see what else we got in the uh Q and a, so not enough. Yep. Fair, fair there. <laughs> Participation awards. <laughs> Let's see. I think I deleted something I should have looked at survey of distributions running. We already did that. Uh,
3: well, we, we haven't done it. Lately. Yeah. We haven't
2: looked at it. Let's see. Forty 48% Ubuntu other 30% mint Fedora, because it's the best, obviously not at 4%. Arch Arch (laughs) at a little over 1%, and Pop! OS at a big fat zero.
1: No pops. Poor guys. So, what do we got? Cement and Ubuntu. So,
2: we got quite a bit of uh, response here. We got Water, Coke, Zero, 1792 Foolproof, K1BTZ, the winner of our swag, has uh, chosen wisely in the uh, bourbon world.
1: Yeah. 17, uh,
2: Odell so. Double Dry Hopped IPA right up your alley bill Ice Tea, Woo-hoo. Guinness Pub Draft St. Arnold's Beer Balveni 14-year-old Caribbean Cat Very good choice Weller Special Reserve, very nice Dragon's Gold Craft Cider Vodka and Lemonade Apple Cider, Armenian Brandy ooh, W6XYZ There's the winner for most interesting so far uh, <laughs> lim- Homemade Limoncello, very nice Folgers, cold
1: Folgers, coffee. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh,
1: Black Butte Porter. I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> John popped in to
2: say he didn't answer the survey, but he's running Pop PopOS.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: Black Butte Porter. That's, that's a drink. I really like some Chardonnay Canadian Royal Black uh, Jack Daniel single barrel, barrel proof. Very good. Tony, um, Corsair triple smoked. Ah, we visited Corsair a few years ago in uh, Nashville. That's a great place. I still have, I don't know if we have any more of their whiskey, but
3: no, no, we cleaned it yeah, up.
2: that's, that's some great stuff out there. And let's see Kirkland scotch. So the, the Costco brand scotch. Excellent. Uh, Yingling for, for a different beer choice. Uh, Shires, get the flock out of here. Farmhouse ale. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rick guessed July 2010. That's a little late.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's right on top of things. He must, he must be on the slow feed. Uh, Buffalo Trace. Apparently someone's drinking straight Everclear.
2: Um,
1: 120 proof. That's, that's, a, that's the same as this. Oh, and 120 proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 120 proof. Yeah, 120 proof. Right yep.
2: there. Yeah, you don't have to go straight to Everclear right. for that, apparently. Uh, no, I have, I have oh, some stuff that's higher proof than that.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: Any comment sure. <laughs> on ham pie from K5 CSA? Did, uh, did, was that a question
1: we missed? Oh, uh, that's a new question. I was just, uh, looking at it. It looks like another, uh, build a pie kind of uh, project. Um, I haven't reviewed it. I haven't looked at it. I can't really comment on, uh, on it besides, Hey, if it's, if it works for you and, uh, get your pie ready to. Operate it with ham radio software, then hey, go at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but I'll definitely uh, bookmark that to look at later, and maybe we'll talk about it on the uh, on the, one of the future episodes coming up. We like talking about Raspberry Pi, including uh, uh, just downloading the software for the RigPi project that you can uh, download and use on your own Raspberry Pi. So, uh, so that's another option for doing Raspberry Pi work. Um, is to uh, go ahead and use that commercial one. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Thoughts of Winlink using Linux. This is something you just started doing, right, Russ? This is from WD6CDN. Yep.
2: I try. I have set up PAT, which is a Linux native Winlink 2000 client for Linux. Um, that was redundant, but you know what I mean. And um, I, I initially tried doing it using AX25 with Direwolf, and I could not get that to work for whatever reason. I was having all kinds of uh, permission issues. So I switched to the RDOP project, A-R-D-O-P, and was able to get it to work running natively using PAT and, and RDOP and actually made a uh, you know successful email transmission and reception uh, over HF using PAT and RDOP. So maybe check that out. And um, maybe we should... Dive into uh, Winlink at some point, but we've we talked about it a little bit, but we haven't really gotten into it real heavy. So,
1: yeah, I think we're waiting for for us to get a little bit more traction on uh, using it. Yeah, uh, and I, and I think I've only dabbled in it, and you've just started dabbling in it. So we're we're still in the very shallow end of using some of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty. And, the
2: the documentation makes uh, getting Winlink uh, with RDoP set up pretty easy. With Pat, uh, do some Google searches. I can't remember the the call sign of the guy whose videos I watched—I um, could probably pull it up here real quick—that uh, got me into it. Let's see. I think it's somebody we had on the show, actually.
1: It's yeah. Probably km K- KM4HK.
2: <laughs> <KK>. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the build yeah, guy. Yeah, the guy. So yeah, because because uh, uh, Pat is on there, and and so is our and everything else. So um, yeah. yeah. So it's km 4 hk So yeah, if you're if you're if you're using uh, Linux and you want to use WinLink, then uh, go to uh, get pat so take a look at that
2: and we, we touched um, on this one earlier in the show w 7 wia asked about something like JT alert for Linux uh, real quick uh, alarm JT alarm jT is a Linux native uh, clone of JT alert but don't use that use grid tracker just go straight to grid tracker grid tracker. <clears throat> yep
1: yeah. grid tracker for the win. Anything else here? Yeah, Pat R. dot works good on Mac too. Yeah, it's a it's a good client. I think it's a good combination. Uh, dial up, blah blah blah.
2: Yeah, I think think we've come down to the end of it. So uh, we've done about ninety minutes straight up. So let's let's call that good. Ninety minutes is, is long enough for any any one listen of this program. <laughs> 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 so. All right. Well, we really appreciate all you guys coming on and hanging out with us and being a part of the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. I know Eric has been running himself ragged today for Z1UG, uh, trying to make this thing work. And uh, with all the different issues he's had with the AirMeet and uh, VFairs platforms, um, it's been a lot of work for him and his team to get this pulled together. And we really appreciate all he's done to make this actually happen so that we can participate and be involved with all of you, even though there won't be a handvention this year as there wasn't last year, but we can all hope for 2022. So yes. Yeah. (laughs) So with that, I guess we can do our normal sign off here. Uh, Thank you all. Once again, we'll be in touch with uh, the winners of the different raffles and stuff that we haven't already contacted about getting the the stuff out to you and uh, check You know, make sure to check out our Discord, our website, lhspodcast.info, and uh, all the other ways you can contact us, social media and so on. And uh, I think that's about it. So this has been episode number 400, 400 in the can of Linux in the Hamjack. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
3: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
1: And I'm Bill, NE4RD, 73.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at urlbctsinfo Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS Podcast or by using the Contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS Podcast on the Freenode Network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at LHS podcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one nine oh nine LHS show that's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise. Become an ambassador